Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, November 28th. Time for Kevin's commentary. Time for a shot, a quote, and a gratitude. The shot this morning is elderberry-infused Manuka honey, also infused with uh, a blend of peppers, but it's got a lot of habanero in it. So habanero seems to be my go-to with the Manuka honey. The Manuka honey's got a really strong flavor, and uh, the habanero seems to balance it out kind of nice. Now I just have to find the right heat level. I like this one, but I've been testing it on other people, and I think it's a little too hot. So down the hatch... Oh, yeah, that's got some heat. That'll fire you up in the morning. Good for the immune system. All right, what's our quote today? You will never win if you never begin. Helen Rowland. Very similar to uh, many of the lessons I talk about from the seven habits. Habit number one, be proactive. That means begin. Do something. Don't react. Go out and make something happen. Now's a great time to do it. The economy's just uh, pretty rough. The world's in kind of shambles right now. It's a great time to really pick a project and work on yourself. You'll never win if you never begin. So many good quotes about this. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. The second habit, begin with the end in mind. So not only do we want to be proactive and begin, what is it that you want to create? But you have to start. That's where most of us fail. We just don't start. All right, so... One of the things I want to talk a little bit about today was going back through notes from way, way back. Um, This post happened to be in 2013, just about a year before I decided to go down the health path. So um, I was talking about the fact that our society has become filled with experts. Listen carefully to this whose mission is to make simple things complicated in order to justify your need for their expertise. That's actually my quote. It should be the opposite. We should be looking for experts that make complicated things simple, not the other way around. And now with this whole world of influencers, social media influencers, there's a lot of this going on. I've watched it in food. I've watched it in fitness. I've certainly watched it in money. I became a CFP because I wanted to understand money for myself and I wanted to be able to help as many people as possible. The entire financial planning world overcomplicates everything to justify their existence, why you should pay them or why they should share in your profits and you probably don't even know it. 
they need to make things overly complicated to do that. And yet 90 plus percent of people don't have a good retirement plan, not because they haven't gone to seek out an expert, it's because they haven't started. The first step in your retirement plan should be to pay down debt. You don't need an expert for that. Just pay down debt. The second plan should be to save cash. You don't need an expert to tell you that. Save cash. That's really, really simple. That's the first step. Yet so few people ever bother to do that. And instead, they'll go follow some financial expert that makes things way more complicated than they need to be. They'll think about things like cryptocurrency and they haven't even paid down their own debt and saved cash and they're out investing in things like cryptocurrency because it's the latest hot, sexy thing going on in the financial world. Stick to the basics. You don't need experts to complicate things. You need experts to simplify things. So I wrote some things back then, and boy, did I get one wrong. It's almost embarrassing to read this now, but I've admitted many, many times. This is why this was 2013. This was about the time that Kim started to put pressure on me to to start doing something about health with drivers. And I'm glad I said, I don't know enough. I'm going to take a year. I'm going to read 100 books. And it's a good thing because here was my advice on health back then. Like I said, it's embarrassing. I shudder to read this, but I wrote it. So under health, I had moderation in all things. Burn more calories than you consume. (sighs) And then I did talk about how if you go to the gym and the trainers and they overcomplicate things, they have everybody doing all these complicated, you know, moves, six exercises all put into one and it's the latest exercise of the week. Um, You don't need all that crap. It's really, really simple. Find an activity that you like. And moderation in all things is total bullshit. I can't believe I said that, but I did. It seemed right. It was completely wrong. We can't say moderation in all things. Moderation in junk food is junk food. Even moderation in alcohol doesn't work health-wise. You have to make these decisions. Moderation in all things is garbage. But I said it. I actually said burn more calories than you consume. Ah, I can't believe I said that. It's so wrong. (sighs) I'm glad we corrected it eight plus years ago. But it's uh, shocking how wrong I was. But at least I kind of knew it. Even though I was saying those things in the back of my mind, I kind of knew something was wrong. And I wasn't going to talk about health till I really learned about health. And my whole point, I've said many, many times, here's another quote of mine. The human body is outrageously complicated, but the owner's manual should just be one page. We can complicate this all day long when it comes to health, but we can also simplify it. And that's what we need. We need to simplify it. Eat real food, mostly animals. 
That's pretty simple. Eliminate grains and seed oils. If you just followed that sentence, you'd be outrageously healthy compared to the rest of the population. Eat real food, mostly animals. Eliminate grains and seed oils. That would help a lot. Um, Money. I got this one right. Here was my simple advice on money back in 2013. I still agree with it. Spend less than you earn. Step number one, really, really simple, and it works. Spend less than you earn. That's the start of every financial plan. Relationships. How did I simplify that one? Be nice. Treat other people the way you would like to be treated. That's pretty simple. If we all start there, we'd all be better off. Success as an owner-operator. How did I simplify that one in 2013? Slow down, track your numbers, maintain your equipment, bring value to your customers. Damn, that's good. Slow down, track your numbers, maintain your equipment, bring value to your customers. I had some statistics here about books on success. If you, if you search Amazon, and this was back in 2013, who knows what the number would be today. If you search books on Amazon for success, there's almost 150,000. On weight loss, over 70,000. Money management, 32,000. Relationships, 218,000. That's a lot of books. It's probably a lot of experts complicating things. All right. So what uh, what's on my mind in the news today? What was I reading? Um, mostly about the rail strike. Uh, this could get ugly. I don't think Congress is going to let them actually strike. In my opinion, that sucks. Really does. This is no place for the government. If if the railroad and the unions and the workers can't agree, too bad. That's not the government's issue. I know it will have a huge impact on our economy, but too bad. They need to work it out themselves. They need to figure out how to get back to work or not. Now, if the rail goes on strike, horrible for us as, as an economy, no doubt. It will be rough. It will be good for trucking. Everything that doesn't move on rail will have to try to move on truck. Things could get very, very busy again. Uh, it looks like uh, the deadline. Uh, here's the other thing about this. It is complicated. I have like 15 articles here that I tried to make some notes on trying to figure out exactly what's going on. Um, so I have to keep jumping back and forth. If I remember right, there are 12 different unions that have to vote on this and agree to it. And if any one of the 12 doesn't and they go on strike, the other unions are committed to strike with them. So this gets pretty darn complicated. In fact, um, 
The International Brotherhood of Boilermakers voted down the agreement, according to the unions and the railroads. The precise vote was not made available. While the union is the smallest of the bargaining unit, units with only about 300 workers who repair and rebuild diesel locomotive. If any union votes to go on strike and picket lines are set up, it is expected the more than 115,000 workers, including locomotive engineers and conductors, would honor the strike. Um, railroads move an estimated 30% of the nation's freight. If these and other rail shipments were halted, the loss in economic output would likely be at least $2 billion per day. Now, wouldn't that be crazy if 300 workers in one little union held 115,000 workers hostage by not being able to come to an agreement on this? And those 300 workers could hold the entire country hostage. See, the rail is almost all unionized. Maybe it is all, but a good part of it is. And this is what, uh, this is what we're facing. 300 people in one small union might hold up the entire country over this. Like I say, it, it will be good for trucking, horrible for the economy. I don't believe that Congress should get involved. I think they, they will. Um, I don't think they should. Like I say, this is uh, this is fairly complicated. I've got some other numbers here. Um, I believe. Let me. I think I had the date in this article. I believe the date is um, December ninth. The uh, the unions could strike or the rail carriers could lock out workers unless Congress steps in. The rail industry last went on strike in 1991, a national work stoppage that lasted a day before Congress intervened. The following year, a walkout at USX by the machinist spread nationally and lasted about two days before Congress intervened. Uh the industries that are most reliant on rail transportation, uh, coal mining, chemical manufacturing, farm product, raw material wholesalers, uh, firms that sell coins, corn, soybeans, etc., and food manufacturing. Food manufacturing could get a little scary. Like I say, I don't believe that they are actually going to strike. I'm pretty sure that Congress is going to step in. Like I said, I wish they wouldn't. Um, so let's talk about uh, where we are on trucking conditions this week. I, I This was a quote from uh, one of the articles I read about trucking conditions. Trucking, listen to this. This is what I mean about simplifying. We need experts that can simplify things, not make them more complicated. Trucking companies that managed their businesses well during the good times should remain healthy and outperform those that had relied on a robust market to remain afloat, FTR officials predict. Duh. We couldn't simplify it any more than that. Companies that run a good business will do better in bad times than companies that don't. Uh, 
But that's really as complicated as it needs to be. Run a good business and you won't have to worry about these downturns. I pretty well simplified it for owner-operators. Slow down, track your numbers, bring value to your customers, maintain your equipment. It's pretty simple. If you do those things, now, when we get down into the details, I get it. Those things can get complicated, but they're really not. They're very, very simple. Uh, One more... uh, I had one more article here. Um, I'll probably cover this a little later on the week. I'll just mention it right now. I'm not going to get too far into the numbers. Um, Lots of owner operators are starting to return to fleets. Uh, If they got their own authority, many of them are now going back and leasing to fleets. They're not able to handle the spot market anymore. And a lot of drivers who became owner operators are going back to being drivers can't handle the business side anymore. I've got a bunch of numbers on that, but I think I'm going to wrap this up for today because I've got to go live here in about 10 minutes. So we will see you then. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.